Welcome to the Psych Central Show, where each episode presents an in-depth look at issues from the field of psychology and mental health, with host Gabe Howard and co-host Vincent M. Wales. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Psych Central Show podcast. My name is Gabe Howard, and with me, as always, is Vincent M. Wales. We have some really cool things to talk about before we get started with the show, where we're going to talk about some really cool things. First off, we have a new Facebook group. All you have to do is go to psychcentral.com slash fbshow, all lowercase, and it'll take you right there. And you can talk about all things the Psych Central Show podcast. And remember, you can get a free week of online therapy at betterhelp.com slash psychcentral. Just check them out. And we're also doing a listener survey. This is like all the announcements right up front. Just go to psychcentral.com slash show, click the yellow survey button, and tell us what you think. For example, in this show, you'll probably say, hey, way too many announcements. And then finally, we are going to talk to a representative from betterhelp.com right now. Her name is Hasu, and she is awesome. And she's going to answer all of our questions. Remember, they are our sponsor, but we don't want you to think that this is some lame infomercial. We're going to ask the hard-hitting questions like, hey, what on earth is online therapy? And what's it good for? And what isn't it good for? So we'll just start right there. Hey, Hasu, what's online therapy? Hi. Hi. I'm Hasu. I'm glad to be here. (laughs) Um, So that's a pretty loaded question. What is online therapy? What is online counseling? And I think we're kind of at the forefront here of trying to define what that is, what that looks like. And understandably, there's a lot of differences between what we're doing and what we see in traditional offline practice of going to somebody's office or visiting somebody at a clinic. But in essence, what we are trying to do is connect licensed professionals. So we're taking licenses from all over the country, including licensed marriage and family therapists, licensed clinical social workers, clinical psychologists, licensed professional counselors, and several other licenses. So what we're doing, again, is connecting these fully licensed mental health professionals with users of the website. They get connected, and they engage in counseling. And so that's going to look a little bit different than if someone were to be walking into an office once a week. You can schedule live sessions. So that comes in the form of phone, video, and text messaging type of interaction. And in addition to those live sessions, you can supplement it with sending messages back and forth as frequently as you need to, as often as you want, however lengthy as you want. And so it's just another kind of way to get you connected with a therapist. Excellent. That sounds wonderful. You mentioned a bunch of different ways of of communicating on there. Have you found that there's one in particular that your clients use more than the other? For me personally, I've seen it kind of across the board here. I have some clients who prefer to only message. This could be because of other things going on in terms of anxiety, being in front of somebody face-to-face, which makes this a really good alternative for people that do have a hard time with something like that. And of course, there are the people that also prefer to have more video sessions to supplement the messaging so that they have this real-time feedback from another human. And then, of course, you have tons of clients all throughout the platform that are liking the combination of all the different types of sessions that we have available. So people doing a mixture of the messaging and the phone and the video session. But we kind of see it all across the board, people wanting to do one kind of way versus people wanting to do all the kinds of ways. And depending on what's going on in users' lives, sometimes one format is a little bit better than the other as well. 
in traditional therapy, and, and I know this is just an audio-only podcast, so nobody can see me making the little air quotes. In traditional yeah. therapy, you go, you know, once a week for, for an hour, which is, you know, 45 mm-hmm. to 50 minutes, uh, or, or every other week or, or once a month, and, and that's it. That's, that's your engagement with your therapist. One of the things that it sounds like is, is here you can, you can talk to your therapist more often, daily, multiple times a day. Is that true? Yes, and of course, there's going to be some things to consider here. How frequently the duration of the session, these kinds of things are going to be determined between the user and their matched counselor based on not only the client's particular needs that are coming up, but also counselor's availability, the counselor's schedule, and considering that the counselors all have other clients on the platform as well. So I don't want this to sound like you're going to have a counselor in your pocket at all times, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. These counselors are real people. They're real professionals. Many of them are working in clinics, hospitals, agencies. Um, they, They are working professionals, and this is something that they are doing on top of that. And for some of them, this is their only thing that they're doing. But in any case, it's all across the board. And what that means is that you have access to your counseling page at all times but your real live human of a professional counselor will get back to you as soon as possible. So what that basically means is that, yes, you can have more contact other than a once a week session with your counselor in the office. And, you know, there's a lot of reasons that counselors in traditional practice like to establish boundaries like that in terms of minimizing the contact outside of sessions. And so that's another kind of gray area that we're learning to navigate through and giving a lot of autonomy to the counselors to figure out what's going to work best for them and their clients' specific needs. Very cool. So the whole online counseling therapy, or or even let's stretch it out further, telemedicine in general, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of people out there, including a lot of physicians and whatnot, who are very, very skeptical of the efficacy. Mm Just a real quick, a little story that I just heard recently. Here in California, we do have a, a movement to, to push telepsychiatry, for example, for, for different things. And as I just said, a lot of, a lot of pushback on that. But recently mm-hmm. at, at an event a friend of mine attended, uh, the person who was speaking about this just basically addressed the group, which was a lot of physicians and whatnot, and they said, look, this is the future. Mm-hmm. In just a few years, you are going to be doing this. Whether you like it today or not, it's coming and you don't have a choice in the matter. And that was really mm-hmm. eye-opening for a lot of them. What can, you, what can you speak to about the pushback that is out there? Why do people have this weird feeling about the online thing? Mm-hmm. So before I started working for BetterHelp, I was also one of those skeptics. I really felt and came from the world of traditional therapy. I was trained in you know, an educational program that was focusing on the face-to-face interaction, being with your client in a room, being able to read nonverbal cues, whether that's body language or just the sense of somebody that's reading between the lines, seeing the way that they are physically interacting with the emotions that they're expressing. And all these things are not really available to you when you're talking to your client just through messages alone. So I can understand some of the concerns or skepticism coming from missing those really key interactions that come in a therapeutic relationship. And on the flip side, for medical doctors that are, you know, feeling some hesitation or apprehension about this kind of way of administering their services, I can also understand that skepticism because part of being a healer is being with the person that you want to heal, being with the disease, being with the disorder, whatever that is, in order to see it face to face 
and address it. And so having said that, I think there are situations and there are presenting issues that are not appropriate for online counseling, but that, that doesn't mean that there aren't all these other really great resources available for people online and it's a viable option for many of the life challenges that people face every day. And I believe some of that pushback is most likely or probably coming from just people wanting to make sure that their patients, their clients are getting the best possible services. And it can be very difficult to conceptualize what that's going to look like if you've never done it online yourself. We're going to step away to hear from BetterHelp.com. We will be right back. Remember, pay attention. You can get one week free to experience this for yourself. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. Secure, convenient, and affordable online counseling. All counselors are licensed, accredited professionals. Anything you share is confidential. Schedule secure video or phone sessions, plus chat and text with your therapist whenever you feel it's needed. A month of online therapy often costs less than a single traditional face-to-face -face session. Go to BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central and experience seven days of free therapy to see if online counseling is right for you. BetterHelp.com forward slash Psych Central. Welcome back, everyone. We're speaking with Hesu from BetterHelp, and I would like to know more about you. What, uh, what's your background? I, right now, am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I studied psychology in undergrad at UCLA, and I got my master's in counseling psychology at Santa Clara University. I've provided direct mental health services as well as behavioral interventions for the past 10 years. I've worked in different settings, including schools, residential day treatment centers, research labs, in people's homes and in the clinics. And, you know, a really unique opportunity presented itself to me to kind of have my profession meet where my locale is, which is the Bay Area. I live in Silicon Valley. And like I said, this really unique opportunity presented itself to join something that's very different. And I hate to sound cliche about the whole startup life, but we're disrupting the field of mental health here. And this is something I was really excited to be part of. And so right now I'm working at BetterHelp as part of the community and support team. So what that means is a lot of the interactions that are coming from our users, as well as the counselors on the platforms, when they have questions or concerns, I'm one of the people that helps to address some of those things for the actual users. And I'm also a counselor on the platform. Excellent. So here's a question that I have. What types of needs aren't supported by online therapy? Like if, if somebody is suicidal, is online therapy for them? What about like marriage counseling or... What are its limitations? That's a great question because I think it's important for your listeners to hear that online counseling, as much as we want to help everybody, sometimes we just can't. We acknowledge the fact that there are some limitations to this. So what that looks like is if you are in crisis or if you are in an immediate need of some kind of support or help, these are not the services for you because like I said, the counselors are real people and they're not on their computer or on their phone at all times. So if you are in crisis or in need of immediate help, you should probably get yourself to an emergency room or contact the local crisis hotline because unfortunately the services on BetterHelp are not going to be what's best for you at that moment. We also do an initial screening. So yeah, if you're actively suicidal or having suicidal thoughts and you're a clear danger to maybe yourself or to other people, we want to make sure that you're getting the best care for yourself as possible. And we are going to tell you that online counseling is probably not the best option for that just because we want to be able to communicate to people that it's important that they get themselves into resources that can help them in those times of need in terms of physical danger or imminent threat. And with your counselor is somewhere beyond a computer, they can't really physically help you in a moment like that. 
So having said that, there are certain situations where online counseling is just not going to be an adequate form of service for the particular need. That makes perfect sense. Can you use insurance on BetterHelp? So we ourselves do not work directly with insurance companies, but we are more than happy to provide itemized invoices that can be and have been submitted to insurance companies' claims for reimbursement. We have seen people successfully do that, and it's just kind of up to the user to contact their insurance provider to see if this is something that they would cover. One of the common questions that we get is, well, how much does this cost? That's another very good question. So when you're looking at traditional offline practice, you're looking at more of a structure in terms of paying by session, either at the beginning of the session or at the end of the session. Most likely, your counselor or your insurance company or whatever it is is going to collect on that payment right then and there. It's a little bit different with BetterHelp. What you're signing up for is a subscription plan. And like most subscription plans, what that means is that you're paying upfront for a subscription period. It's a flat fee. And in your flat fee subscription is included all of the live sessions, all of the interactions that you have with your counselor. Again, the frequency and duration of your sessions is going to be determined between you and your counselor based on your needs and your counselor's availability. And so the pricing is really dependent on a lot of different factors that are put in by the individual user. So I can't give you an exact price right now because it's going to be different based on the information that you provide to us. But in general, our subscription plans range anywhere from $35 to $70 a week. We offer weekly, monthly, quarterly plans, and you know we will work with the user as best as we can to make sure that cost is not the only barrier, if that is the case. Um, we have a great support team, and we're always open to feedback as well as questions about the services. I think that's something that I really enjoy about this company is that as large as our user feedback gets, we still hold true to one of our own internal missions, which is to respond to every single inquiry within a business day. So we're very responsive to questions. Sometimes we don't have all the answers, but we're always open and willing to work with you to find a solution to the problem that you might be having with your subscription or your account or your counselor or whatever it is. Well, that's perfect. Thank you so much. Just out of curiosity, if you want to be a therapist on the site, what are the requirements for your therapist? Do they, do they all have PhDs, for example? I'm, I'm assuming they all have to be licensed. Yes, at this time, we are only accepting fully licensed therapists onto the platform. So what that means is that you've finished your requirements in terms of what your respective state licensing board has deemed as being, you can work completely independently without supervision. We take a variety of licenses, which kind of vary by state, just based on education requirements that that state has put into place for their licensees. There is a screening process for counselors that would like to join the platform, so we don't accept every single person. But those are the licensing requirements that we do have. Again, you cannot be required to have supervision in order to work on the platform. And we're also asking if there's been any investigations open on your license, and that'll be in conversation that we have to have if that's part of it. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is ensure quality of services that are being provided through the platform. So we're having, you know, real life professionals out there join us. And, you know, when we're receiving consistent feedback, whether that's negative or positive from users about a particular counselor, we'll share that with the counselor so that they can reflect on their own process and see if there's anything that they can be doing differently to help them be more successful on the platform. But more or less, we're pretty hands-off in terms of how the counselors are doing their practice online. We're providing the platform for autonomous, independent professionals to do therapy the way that they would like to using the services that we have. About how many counselors do you have working for you at the moment? 
That number does fluctuate in terms of how many counselors are active on any given day. We give the ability to the counselors to toggle their availability on or off. And so in general, on a regular day, we have about a bit over 1,500 active counselors on the platform. And these are all U.S.-based counselors. All of their licenses are from the U.S. And we do work with international members. And so that's something that we communicate as well. All the counselors that are open to taking international members are mindful of time differences, are mindful of cultural differences, and have made themselves available to make this a global service. Like I said, on any given day, that number is going up and down how many counselors are actually available since they do have a lot of freedom in terms of making their own schedules. But we do have well over 1,500 on the platform today. I'll be honest, I did not expect the number you told me to be that high. That's quite impressive. (laughs) Yeah, and and I know that this number is going to fluctuate as well, but can you tell us how many active patients are on the site at any given time? That is a number I don't have off of the top of my head. But the number that I'm hearing most of the time is that over 500,000 people have decided to sign up for the services. And whether all of those people are currently using that, I can't really check at the moment. But it does mean that half a million people have signed up to to give it a shot and try it out. I mean, that's something like that. Yeah, that's an amazing (laughs) number. That's a big, big number. And how long is, you know, when you think about it, we, we, in terms of our society here in the Western world, we live on the internet. We use the internet to buy our groceries, to get our essentials for the bathroom, to meet people that we're going to marry. We use the internet for everything. And so for people that are having a lot of pushback on this, something to consider is that this is the movement of not just health, but our culture. And in order to provide something that's different, an alternative solution for people that may be offline, traditional practice is just not a real feasibility for them. This Mm -hmm. is another option. This is something that's relevant, something that I'm really proud to be part of. I don't think I would be amiss in saying that a large, very large percentage of your of your users are probably on the younger side. I don't have the exact data with me at the moment, but just from my role in the company interacting with a lot of the users on a daily basis, I will say that the age range is actually kind of all over the place. The services are geared towards adults 18 and over, and I think the oldest user I have seen is in their late 80s. So I would say the majority of the users are probably between like 30 and 50 or so, but we definitely have users of all ages. Okay. And same goes for the counselors. The ages of the counselors range all over the place from very young, new professionals to very seasoned therapists who have been in work for, you know, decades. Very interesting. I had a friend who was in medical school and, and, you know, she was working just an incredible amount of time between her, her job, medical school, studying, et cetera. Uh, she did not have time for uh, traditional counseling. I mean, you know, it's a half an hour there, it's an hour there, it's back, it's making appointments, it's, you know, doing somebody else's schedule, et cetera. And she signed up for online counseling. And at first she didn't tell anybody because she was very skeptical about it as well. But she had seen the mm-hmm. ad, she had signed up and she loves it. Uh, she absolutely adores it because, you know, she has she has basic questions that she needs answers to. She needs alternative ways of looking at things. She needs to bounce ideas off of somebody Uh, But she just can't commit to taking two hours out of her day once a week to be able to do this. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I asked her why she was afraid to tell people. And she's like, I don't know, it's new. So I I think that this idea that this 
new is bad is kind of a, a psychological trick that a lot of us fall into. Uh, the, mm -hmm. the truth of the matter is, is, you know, at some point in history, somebody said, hey, you need to go talk to somebody about your problems. And somebody said, no, 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 you can't talk to strangers. You got to keep it in the family. And we're starting, you know, mm -hmm. we, we got away from that. And I think this is just the, it's the next thing. It's, it's the way that we do things. As Vin stated, telemedicine is coming. Um, and it needs mm -hmm. to. We have rural areas that don't have enough you know, medical staff. We have people that don't want to talk to the three therapists that they grew up with in their rural town. Um, you know, this really is a game changer for a good many people. And uh, I, I think yeah. that's fantastic. And as, as you said, with half a million people trying it out, a good many people are finding real value in this. And that's awesome. You know, in, in traditional offline face-to-face -face therapy, it's a lot more structured because you just don't have as much time with your counselor. And so in online counseling, I do want to get it out there that it's not as structured. We don't do any formal or official assessments, evaluations. The counselors on the platform do not provide diagnoses or confirmed diagnoses. The counselors do not provide medications, don't have psychiatrists on our team. And something to keep in mind is that it's not as structured. This is going to feel a lot different than therapy that you're used to if you have been in therapy before. But in that way, there's a lot more flexibility, a lot more openness to try new things. And in that way, I think it's, like you said, a great new avenue here to explore. One of the things that I'm fond of saying as a mental health advocate is that you really have to look at, you know, things like this, like you would look at a buffet. There's lots of items on a buffet. And some of them you're going to choose and eat and they're going to be your favorites. Some of them you're going to choose to eat and they're going to not be your favorites. And some of them you're just not going to try at all. So just take what you want and leave the rest. The important thing is that you find the items that you need to you know, complete your meal. Uh, if online counseling isn't for you, then online counseling isn't for you. But it sounds like it's, it really works for a great many people and it's worth giving a shot because it could be the difference between therapy versus no therapy or the difference between finding something that works versus doing nothing. And uh, I, I just think that's fantastic. I, I think it's a phenomenal program. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Psych Central Show. Please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you found this podcast. We encourage you to share our show on social media and with friends and family. Previous episodes can be found at psychcentral.com show. Psychcentral.com is the Internet's oldest and largest independent mental health website. Psych Central is overseen by Dr. John Grohall, a mental health expert and one of the pioneering leaders in online mental health. Our host, Gabe Howard, is an award-winning writer and speaker who travels nationally. You can find more information on Gabe at GabeHoward.com. Our co-host, Vincent M. Wales, is a trained suicide prevention crisis counselor and author of several award-winning speculative fiction novels. You can learn more about Vincent at VincentMWales.com. If you have feedback about the show, please email talkback at psychcentral.com. There are few words more misunderstood and misused than OCD. Imagine having unwanted thoughts stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away, and then having to pretend that everything is okay despite having to feel crippled inside. That's OCD. 
One in 40 people suffer from it globally, but there's hope. If you have OCD and need help, you can get better with specialized treatment. NoCD offers effective, affordable, and convenient treatment for OCD and is covered by many major insurance plans. Go to NoCD.com to learn more. That's NoCD.com.